This is Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. Hosted by Pastor Dan Stahlbaum. Morning Breath starts now. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the program this beautiful Thursday, April 29th. We're going to be getting into Acts 19 in just a minute. What we do is on this program called Morning Breath is we get into the Word of God. Read a chapter, spend some time in it. Sometimes read it the night before, get up in the morning, read it again, spend some time with the Lord. And then we come down here to the studios at East Coast Christian Center on the Merritt Island campus. We read the chapter on the air, and then we talk about wherever God leads us in the chapter. My co-host today is Pastor Mark Cook. How are you doing, Pastor Mark? Great, Pastor Dan. Glad to be here with you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, good to have you. It's been wonderful uh, during this uh, crazy season. It was a yep. crazy time. Never had a time like this before in my life, and I'm 66 years old, and it's different. Sure. But uh, I just want to thank you for all the things you've done and stepped up to to help minister to the body of Christ and minister to our community during this season. Well, brother. thank you, Pastor Dan. I appreciate it's been it. my privilege and honor to do it. You've done a great job. I appreciate it, Mark. Thank you. <clears throat> anyway, so tell folks how to get involved. All right, so we want you to join us on Morning Breath so you know where we're going and where we're going to be. Like Pastor Dan said, we read a chapter of the Bible, and you can know which chapter that is if you get a Morning Breath guide. So jump onto our uh, our app, the East Coast app. Make sure you've got that downloaded and are following along. There's a podcast button on there, and that'll take you to not only the podcasts of the show, but also the guide so you know what chapter we're going to be in. You can find that information on our website, eccc.us, under the media button. And, of course, you can call our office at 452-1060, and we can email you a guide if you need us to. And, of course, right now we're doing everything online. And so the app and the website is the keys to the kingdom. Amen. And whatever you need to see help or you. do at East you. Coast is going to get you there. That's right. Yeah, we got our services. Our, our online services are, are, are there. Uh, you can get there on YouTube, on our website, uh, on our Facebook page. We're just we're, If it's digital, we're trying to be on it. Yep, that's right. We uh, just did a message uh, this past weekend on... Uh, on marriage, on relationships, on, you know, friendships, all sorts of things that way. And uh, there were actually a couple of videos that were given to it added on that you could go on and watch afterwards. One more focused on marrieds, one more focused on singles. And so that's out there right now. If you want to go back and take a look at it and learn a little bit stuff. about your relationships. I don't know about you guys, but <clears throat> I definitely feel like my relationships have been tested a bit through this time. That there's been more pressure. In some areas on my relationships, less pressure in other areas because I'm not around, you know, how are you going to have pressure in an area you can't even be around other people? But on Carolyn and I, you know, we're uh, we're empty nesters and we have 10 grandchildren and we have not been able to hang out with our grandchildren for weeks. And that has not been good for, uh, you know, so there are there are things that are stretching people and yeah. pulling on them. So it's a good season to do this and, and to look at these types of things. I Absolutely. Think. It yeah. is. Yeah. You guys aren't having any problems. No, right? no. It's better yeah. than ever. <laughs> good. Glad to hear it, man. Well, Glad to hear it. It's, uh, there's always the challenges that go. Uh, my personality is one, and sometimes I hesitate to say this because people, I think, make assumptions when you're a pastor that you're just a super outgoing people person. And you know what? That's not always true. Um, I tend to be more of an introvert. If I'm by myself doing something, I'm perfectly happy. Um, and, and so that I actually have been functioning well in this environment, um, just from a personal, you know, sure, my sure. soul standpoint, but, uh, do I miss ministering with people and being in the same room? You better believe it. 
And then you've got teenagers yeah, got at home. Yeah. And that's challenging for those guys. Sure. You know, a lot of those video games where you get to chat and put on the headphones. Yeah, they're, they're, they're struggling with all the video gaming that they're doing. <laughs> yeah. No, I get it. Anyway, so, hey, Nick, how you doing today, bud? I'm doing good. Wow, got a microphone and everything. Yep. Nice. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Well, let's get into it. We're in uh, Chapter 19, and uh, really that's all the announcement kind of stuff that we have. We're going to be reading from New King James Version of the Bible. We've got 41 yes. verses. I'm going to read the first 20, though, because there's a nice little break there where the riot breaks out. Oh, I get the riot. You get the riot. So <laughs> I'll take the, the stuff before that, and then you get to do the riot. Sounds great. Pastor Dan, I say unto you, read, sir. And it happened why, while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the men were about twelve in all. And he went into the synagogue and spoke boldly for three months, reasoning and persuading concerning the things of the kingdom of God. But when some were hardened and did not believe, but spoke evil of the way before the multitude, he departed from them and withdrew the disciples, reasoning daily in the school of Tyrannus. And this continued for two years, so that all who dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. Now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul's, Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick, and the diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, We exorcise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. And there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest who did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? Then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them, so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. This became known both to all Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus, and fear fell on them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. And many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds, and also many of those who had practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted up the value of them, and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. Verse 20, when these things were accomplished, I'm sorry, that's verse 21. When these things were accomplished, Paul purposed in the Spirit, when he had passed through Macedonia and Achaia, to go to Jerusalem, saying, After I have been there, I must also see Rome. So he sent into Macedonia two of those who ministered to him, Timothy and Erastus, but he kept himself... I'm sorry, but he himself stayed in Asia for a time. And about that time, there arose a great commotion about the way. For a certain man named Demetrius, a silversmith, who made silver shrines of Diana, brought them no small profit, brought no small profit to the craftsmen. He called them together with the workers of similar occupation and said, Men, you know that we have our prosperity by this trade. Moreover, you see and hear that not only at Ephesus, but throughout almost all Asia, 
This Paul has persuaded and turned away many people, saying that they are not gods which are made with hands. So not only is this trade of ours in danger of falling into disrepute, but also the temple of the great goddess Diana may be despised and her magnificence destroyed, whom all Asia and the world worship. Now when they had heard this, they were full of wrath and cried out, saying, Great is Diana of the Ephesians. So the whole city was filled with confusion and rushed into the theater with one accord, having seized Gaius and Aristarchus, Macedonians, Paul's travel companions. And when Paul wanted to go into the people, the disciples would not allow him. Then some of the officials of Asia, who were his friends, sent to him, pleading that he would not venture into the theater. Some, therefore, cried one thing and some another, for the assembly was confused, and most of them did not know why they had come together. And they drew Alexander out of the multitude, the Jews putting him forward. And Alexander motioned with his hand and wanted to make his defense to the people. But when they found out that he was a Jew, all with one voice cried out for about two hours, Great is Diana of the Ephesians. And when the city clerk had quieted the crowd, he said, Men of Ephesus, what man is there who does not know that the city of the Ephesians is temple guardian of the great goddess Diana and of the image which fell down from Zeus? Therefore, since these things cannot be denied, you ought to be quiet and do nothing rashly. For you have brought these men here who are neither robbers of temples nor blasphemers of your goddess. Therefore, if Demetrius and his fellow craftsmen have a case against anyone, the courts are open and there are proconsuls. Let them bring charges against one another. But if you have any other inquiry to make, it shall be determined in the lawful assembly. For we are in danger of being called into question for today's uproar, there being no reason which we may give to account for this disorderly gathering. And when he had said these things, he dismissed the assembly. Amen. Seems like a good place for an amen, too. He dismissed <laughs> the assembly. Amen. Finally, somebody with some sense showed up. Yeah, and they listened to him, which I think was a bit surprising to me that, you know, this this must have been a super real threat of being in big trouble for doing this mm-hmm. because uh, this crowd was really, really wound up. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, when you start yelling, great is Diana for two hours. Two hours. That's a long time. Maybe they're just all out of gas, you know, because <laughs> they're not doing this in any strength that, you know, God may give or, you know, this is just human and demonic getting fired up. And I can tell you, that's kind of stuff does run out of gas. Maybe they just were like, yeah, maybe you <laughs> should go home. I'm hoarse and tired and I got really nothing out of this in the yeah. long run and went home. The other thing that, that stood out to me in this whole thing right there when this guy said, for you have brought, verse 37, these men here who are neither robbers of temples, which that, you know, was that like Indiana Jones stuff. <laughs> and then it says, nor blasphemers of your goddess. Mm. And that stood out to me because, you know, a lot of times when we talk to somebody that may be wrong about what they believe, and maybe it's even way out there, like, I mean, you know, believing that Diana, an image of her fell out of heaven and we're going to worship her and this whole Greek, you know, thing going there. That would be pretty out there today if somebody was in this belief system. But even in in the light of that, what Paul and the people who were ministering with him, they did not do it by saying, you're bad, this is bad, 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 bad. They spent more time telling them what was good, yeah. what was right, and what was righteous. And I think, you know, one time early on in my, uh, right after I got saved, and I found out some things about a certain, <clears throat> maybe you'd call faith or religion or that, 
I went to somebody I knew that was involved in it, and I told them how broken it was. And they got mad at me. And instead of telling them about the grace of God and the love of God for them in Jesus Christ, which is what I should have done, I ended up telling them what was broken and wrong with what they were believing. And I did not win them. I actually pushed them away. Now, thank God later they got saved. But when I say later, I'm talking about like three years later that it came back around and I got an opportunity to actually talk about what was good and right and holy. And that won them to Christ. Telling them what was wrong with what they were doing right then didn't really help me that much. And I'm really glad you brought that point up, Pastor Dan, because one of the things that one, that blends with something else that got my attention in here, and I think it's a great a great uh, partnership of, of the same point. It talks about back in earlier in the chapter around verse 9. It says, When some were hardened and did not believe, but spoke evil of the way before the multitude, he departed from them and withdrew the disciples. Um, and what that caused me to think about is exactly what you're talking about. There's a time and a place to talk about the merits of the Word of God and of the kingdom of God and what yep. the truth of the gospel is. But there's really not a place to argue. It's a great point, Mark. And usually when there's an argument, it boils down to me, instead of bringing you good news, going, you're an idiot. Yep. You believe this? Come on. Yep. And again, that's not going to win anybody. Have you ever been won? By an argument where somebody said you're you're a moron, and let me tell you why. Uh, even that kind of turns me off. Even if they were right, you well, don't, that you're would not make listening. me even matter. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that, oh, they are right, and I'm stupid, and they're telling me I just you know. Then you you kind of get blinded by. Yeah, it. you're not going to engage and, and have a positive outcome, no matter how right you are. It's good, and it just really made me think about that because there is a time and a place. There's there's kind of a, a two messages that come together, and you really got to be able to understand them throughout the New Testament. There's a lot of times when Paul tells people like Timothy and some of these young pastors, don't waste your time in disputes and debates. Mm, that's but, good. But we do see, for example, we saw just in the chapter previous to this that we saw Apollos, um, he was engaging. Yes. But he wasn't doing it from an argumentative standpoint. Nope. He was saying, look, we're both reading the same Bible, you Jews. Let me tell you where it tells you about Jesus. And he's trying to convince them right. through truth. But not by arguing against what they're saying. But by ar There's a difference between arguing against and arguing for. That's right. When you make an argument for the kingdom of God, that should be done in a positive way. And here's what I was thinking about. Think about any time you've been in an argument, whether it's about politics or about money or just about somebody's opinion about whatever it is. You get into an argument, and you start getting angry and worked up. Yep. Right then, sh you should know this isn't right, because if I'm going to talk to you about the kingdom of God, there's nothing that I should need to get worked up about. That's right. God can defend himself. Yeah. And our job is just to tell the it's truth good. about the love of God, like you said, Pastor Dan. And that should—if I'm telling you about the love of God, I should never have to get worked up about it. And if you don't want to listen, I think it says here in verse 9, it's okay to disengage and not try to force something where somebody's not receptive because it will push them away. You know, I think that's a, that's a good point. How this is applied, I've seen this applied in people's lives in a very practical way, is uh, I've known people who've, you know, gone to a church, a church where they love the people and, you know, they've been a long time, maybe they grew up in that church or maybe, you know, it was the first church they ever went to or whatever the case may be. And, and this is not a uh, trying to get you to come to East Coast type of thing at all. If you make a decision based on what I'm saying right now, go somewhere else so that you understand that's not what I'm trying to say to you. But I know there's been time when people said, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to try to make a difference. 
I'm going to try to make a difference. I'm going to try to get them. I mean, it might be, let's say, let's just take it out there. They're real legalistic and real law-oriented, and you've seen the truth of the grace of God, and you're trying to help them out of that. There comes a time when you being in that environment and not getting anywhere, it's time to disengage. You know, there, there are times. I think Leaving a church is one of the hardest things you'll ever do. I think finding another church that God wants you in is also, that's a hard thing, especially emotionally and, you know, figuring out what's right and do that. It's not an easy thing. And so don't take this lightly, but there is a time to disengage from people who just refuse to believe or hear or walk in a truth that is, that's big in your life and obviously in scripture. This is not for your own little pet doctrine or yeah. your own little pet thing. And I know that, that that's something when people have been faced with that, it's challenging, but this is a, a section of scripture where it says, hey, he, he left and ended up in this guy, the school of Tyrannus. I love it, Tyrannus Rex. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Uh, or Tyrannosaurus Rex. I don't know. He's, you know, he sounds like a great guy. But anyway, <laughs> they end up at this guy's school and they begin to, you know, Paul goes on for two years. I don't think he was anywhere else for this long, was he? No, that that's I know a long time. Yeah, it's yeah. a long time. And, and it's a great point. And, and it also reminds me of something, Pastor Dan, that you were telling me. I think the last time we were in the studio, you were telling me this uh, off air about a time when you were involved, and I won't mention any names or anything, but you were involved in a, in a situation where you were with a group of people, and one of the people began to tell another person about how Jesus wasn't enough and that they needed to follow the law. And you engaged, and you said, well, let's, let's go to the Bible. Let's go to the book of Galatians and see what it says about what you're saying. And so that was a time to say, you know what, this person's soul needs to hear the truth, yep. but it doesn't have to be an argument either. That's right. And when it became an argument, I disengaged because it wasn't going to. And I will say this, that when I was in Israel, I found out that as a whole, I know this is stereotyping, I still love me, but many of the Jewish people I met loved to argue. They really, debating was a hobby yeah. almost. And uh, they loved to do that. And there was a point when it was like, Okay, you know, you're making your point, but you're not listening to other people's point. Time to d disengage. I, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. I'll, I'll go sit over and eat my uh, wonderful hummus and, and uh, different flavored olives that they have in <laughs> Israel over here by myself for a little while. But, yeah, yeah, I think it's a good, a good way to look at it. Another way, I think, is to say you're planting a seed. It's not your job to get the seed into the ground, to fertilize it, to water it, and to make it grow. Yeah, and have fruit all in the same yeah. afternoon. Drop the seed and yep. then trust that it can that it, that God's the one who can give increase. Yeah, and uh, you know this chapter has uh, some really good advice that way uh, to help us, you know, make good decisions on how to how to reach people without pushing them away or without you know engaging in argumentative discussion. And the Bible's pretty clear. In fact, in the Old King James Bible, the word debate follows the word murder and things you shouldn't do. Mm. You know, there's a whole section there that says, you know, putting away murders and debate. And so there is a side of that that's very real in Scripture that says, don't go there. Yeah, it's dangerous. Yeah. So I'll switch gears here, if that's okay, Pastor Dan. Absolutely. One of the things I love about Acts chapter 19 is in the opening of the chapter, I feel like, and you might point to something else, but I feel like this is, in my mind, the clearest picture that says that you can receive salvation in Jesus Christ and that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a second step. Yeah, it's one of for sure. I think the other one is when uh, 
chapter, is it chapter 7, where they received and they sent Peter and John down to pray for them. Mm. There was much joy in the city. It was the Samaritans. Much joy in the city. They've been baptized in the name of Jesus. The whole city was rejoicing, but the Holy Spirit had not yet fallen on any of them. I think these two are the closest you find to see that they're different and can be different. They don't have to be. You can get saved and baptized in the Holy Spirit all at once. And just to make really clear, if you know Jesus and you're saved, you receive the Spirit of God. He seals your spirit until the day of redemption. So please don't misunderstand. Nobody here is saying, if you don't get, if you are not baptized in the Spirit, you don't have the Spirit. You do. But there is a difference between being baptized in the Spirit and receiving the Spirit in salvation. And that's also proved by Jesus when he met them in the upper room and he blew on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> now, did they? I don't know about you. If Jesus is standing in front of me, the resurrected Jesus, with holes in his hands and scars, at least scars, and, and one in his side, and he blew on me and said, receive the Holy Ghost, I got news for you, I would. Yeah. But yet he still told them to tarry in Jerusalem mm. until the day of Pentecost had come when you would be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so again, we see somebody has a spirit and then they receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In uh, the Samaritans, they receive the spirit and then they get the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And here you see Paul's asking them for, you know, uh, to find out where they're at. And I think that's pretty important. If Paul would start a conversation, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Mm. You know, to try to kind of get a feel for where they're at. And they might say, yeah, I, I received Jesus. I had great joy. and Man, it was awesome. But then he, he would, I think he would have taken a step further and gone to this yeah. at that point. But yeah, I, I agree totally, Mark. Well, and I love the picture because these are the kind of things that you do need to read for yourself, and you need to see them in the Word yes. of God. You know, I grew up in a denominational background. There was a day I remember the conversation. Uh, before it was long before I ever even discovered East Coast Christian Center, and long before I had gotten to the point where the grace message was was really coming alive in me, where I was coming out of a denominational background, I was repeating what I had always been told, and a friend of mine had been someplace where they mentioned the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I was like, oh, you know, you need to avoid all that stuff. You know, <laughs> that's what I had always been taught. Sure. But then all of a sudden, one day, I read the Bible, and I read you read a passage like this, and you go. Okay, wait a minute. This We can't explain this away. It's right in here in very clear black and white. These guys, look, it says here, um, he came to Ephesus finding some disciples. He said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit? They said, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And yep. then he said, well, how did you get baptized? And then they explained the John's baptism thing, and then, he, and then he laid hands on them. It's so crystal clear. And I was wrong. And that's okay. Yeah. I mean, God brought me through that. But the point is, we've got to look at what the Bible says and not listen to somebody else who tries to explain it away in a kind of a weird way. It's yeah, weird that people will do absolutely. that. Absolutely. My mom also came from a background where said all that, you got to be, really be crazy, be careful with that crazy stuff. And I grew up in a denomination, I'll say in the Presbyterian church, and we never, that was never a subject, never knew or heard anything about that. So when somebody first told me about it, I was certainly skeptical, but because I wasn't really a good churchgoer and really wasn't indoctrinated, just heard a few bits, one from my mom, one from, you know, a little bit from the Presbyterian Church, and then my dad actually, when they were having a revival, 
went and cut the ropes on a revival tent as a 17-year-old to just cause trouble, him and three wow. of his friends. And so he told me about that. The good news is both my parents got saved and received the Holy Spirit. And so I think that's funny. We got to take a break. We'll be back in a little bit. You are listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center, Merritt Island, Vieira, and Coco. Need a fence professionally done the first time? Hercules and Atlas Fence, owned and operated by Mike Green, has been certified since 1960. No job is too small or too big. Hercules and Atlas Fence, 321-258-9853. Or visit us online at ineedafencenow.com. Take this year with God at East Coast Christian University to truly understand why and how to continue your destiny and walk with Christ. Earn your associate's, bachelor's, and master's degree. Our instructors are experienced, helpful, and show a genuine love for studying the Word of God. East Coast Christian University is located at 670 North Courtney Parkway, Merritt Island. For more information, our number is 452-1060, extension 131. And our website is eccuequipped.com. Langston Commercial Real Estate, owned by Scott Langston, a senior commercial broker, has been selling real estate and giving free consultations for over 18 years. Scott Langston will show you the best way to buy, invest, or lease commercial property. 321-403-1111. That's 321-403-1111. Hey everyone, this is Chris Johnson, and I wanted to share some exciting news with our Morning Breath family. My friend, Mike Green, and I had the honor of writing and producing our first EP called Moments Matter. Mike, a local business owner and Morning Breath supporter, along with myself, have been a part of East Coast Christian Center and Morning Breath together for almost two decades. And so we wanted to let you in on a preview of the music and to let you know that Moments Matter, our first single from the EP, is out now. You can buy, stream, or share it now on Spotify, iTunes, or anywhere music is sold, or check out willingheartmusic.com. We pray these songs will inspire you to make the most of every moment God gives you. East Coast Vieira meets every week at Vieira High School at 9.15 and 10.45 with a high-energy and dynamic children's ministry for all ages. East Coast Vieira Youth meets every Sunday night at 6 p.m. For more information or to learn more, our website is vieira.eccc.us. Welcome back to the show. This is Morning Breath. Now, uh, verse 11 says, Now God worked unusual miracles by the hand of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick, and diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out of them. You know, when the uh, centurion wanted his servant healed, he told Jesus, No, you don't have to come, just speak the word only. We see that the scripture says and that God sent his word and that his word doesn't return void, but accomplishes where it's set. It's a really important, I think, truth in the season we live in right now. You know, you can receive healing from getting prayer over watching a service and talking to a prayer counselor afterwards. People are getting saved. We had 17 
weekend before last, I think we had 17 people give their heart life, life to Christ watching the service on the internet. The great part is that God is not bound Amen. by distance or God is not bound by maybe even some of the things we bind them with. And here you see, and it, the Bible even calls it unusual miracles, that here, here's a handkerchief, I touched it, go lay this on them and pray for them. And uh, God will heal them. And he did. And so I'm here to say, wherever you're at right now, don't lose hope or lose faith in the fact that God can reach you, touch you, help you no matter where you're at in your life Amen. right now. Because God's not limited by distance. God's not God. limited by your connection necessarily to somebody else. Pray and believe. We'll believe with you. And God will touch your life. Amen. Amen. See you guys. Have a great day. Thanks, Pastor Mark. Thank you, Pastor Dan. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center. We hope to see you at one of our locations this weekend. For additional information, such as service times, events, and more, please visit us at eccc.us. Thanks, and we hope you have a blessed day.